2: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey
1: Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, for the latest in the Ron Rivera era, you have a team over 500. Yes, they are now 6-5 and after they pretty much mollywopped. Houston, Texas. 23-10 does not feel indicative of how one-sided this game was. Very easily could have been more. And frankly, could have been more just if Washington had put forth more effort to making it more by the end of the game. Fully content to rely on the fact that Houston was not going to score uh, and and just ride this thing out. And basically, it's exactly what we were hoping it would be. It was a game full of dominance from the defensive line of the Commanders against a really, really bad interior, specifically poor Kenyon Green uh, for the Houston Texans on the inside. And Taylor Heineke and company did just enough. They ran the ball a ton, and voila, easy, breezy, 23-10 win. Hard to remember one easier in recent Commander's memory.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. I think this, the big concern coming in was that this was going to be a, uh, you know, trap game potentially. And early on, it felt that way. You know, Washington goes, uh, they have two, three, three and outs to start the game. And you're kind of like, what's going on here? And, you know, Houston look, didn't look good either. But you this, this team is so characterized by the relationship of the offense to the defense. And if they can just kind of move the ball, they don't need to score, but those three and outs kill this team. So, the fact that on their fourth drive or whatever, they got like a nice seven play drive. You're kind of like, okay, they look like they're settling into something here. And that was really nice. And then you mentioned the run game about Brian Robinson. you know, I think Gibson ends up with more yards on the day than Brian Robinson and more touches and a higher yards per carry Gibson does. But I felt like Brian Robinson was the better back today. I felt like he was breaking more tackles, making people miss, getting more value per run. Um, And so that uh that's pretty cool to see I felt like he had some really dominant runs and short yardage I got one on uh third and two that he's breaking two tackles he's got third and three he breaks he jumps over a guy falls forward like he just had some like really awesome runs where he's get hit in the backfield and then making more out of it and obviously great to see Gibson like you know speaking to his skill set and speed and explosiveness um but yeah man I, I thought that was awesome I thought Um, You know, we kind of knew the offensive line should win. In some ways, I'm kind of disappointed that there wasn't more space in the run game. Uh, But, you know, those backs did an excellent job. Nice to see Logan Thomas make an appearance. He hasn't been around for a while. And so for him to kind of be as productive as he was and making some tough catches and being physical in the run game, really good to see. And I think just, again, the offense was good enough. Uh, They didn't make any killer mistakes. Um, They were able to make some plays off play action and things like we talked about. But I think really the story is just how good the defense looked for for the whole of the day.
1: Yeah, we'll get back to them in just a second, but it like I just want to make clear how much the offense stopped trying in the second half. Like yeah. they they just went back to the most basic run game and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson deserve credit as does the O-line for executing it well enough to get away with that. But like that first half man and really even the first quarter when they didn't have any major production I liked what Scott was doing. They mm-hmm. threw a ton of looks at Houston. You know, Curtis Samuel's running this way. Now Terry McLaren's running that way. Jahan gets, a re- like, all three receivers got reverses or end of rounds. Um, you had different carries for a bunch of guys. You had screens here. You had, um, you know, short routes here. Some shot plays over top. Um, they did just enough that you almost question, like, wait, are they, getting, are they being too aggressive? Are they trying too much? And then they found a really nice groove in the second quarter, throttled it down, took advantage of the information that Houston gave them, and also the fact that Houston was probably you know a little bit frazzled on how much that Scott Turner had thrown at them. And you see all the motions and all that kind of stuff. And then the second half, it just went away. And they just ran super simple, easy offense, and that's perfectly fine. Like At that point, it was well-established that the defense was – Like, whenever the defense wanted to get a stop, they were going to. There's nothing Houston could do offensively. And at that point, you don't want to show more to this incredibly important stretch of games coming up. You don't want to show any more to those teams. You don't need to. No need for risk. So, let's not mess around with end arounds and reverses and these funky pitches. Just hand the ball off and get out of there with the win. Like, that was incredible execution offensively to me. From first quarter trying stuff, throwing a bunch of looks, giving them stuff to think about. Second quarter taking advantage of that and blowing out the lead, and then third and fourth quarter just cruising calmly, you know, into the win. And and like truly bravo as far as I'm concerned on the play calling all day. Even though it could have been like if they wanted to score forty today, I feel like they could have. There's no reason to.
2: Yeah, and I think they like kind of like against Philly. They did a good job when they did pass, especially in that second quarter of finding opportunities like nice chunk plays, you know, to kind of to keep the offense moving. And, you know, everyone wants to focus on the run game and rightfully so. But I think like the the passing game was clean and there wasn't opportunities or like negative opportunities, ball in harm's way type stuff. I thought they did a good job. Uh, in the two-minute situation, like, mm-hmm. you know, for Taylor's credit, man, he did a good job. He, he found a way, you know, on Logan Thomas's long catch, he's kind of fallen back away from the throw, dunks it out to him, takes a hit. Like, that's the type of stuff, again, that's never going to show up in, like, a stat sheet or a number line. But that's him that offensive line better. That's him getting the ball where it needs to go and not taking negative plays and turning negatives into positive. And I think we got to see kind of the, the purest form of Taylor Heineke today. I felt like he didn't make any – bad mistakes today which was great to see yeah he
1: had the one early um that should have probably been picked where no, Terry one-on-one and Petrie, right on the yeah, deep post or whatever yeah very very covered yeah uh you know the, the the players over the top you can't throw that one long but outside of that which by the way what is it with him in like the first series doing crazy stuff uh, or I guess really this offense because the, the Philly one where they get the, the sack fumble is not really on him yeah. but after that smooth sailing
2: smooth sailing and uh like you said i like you know we talked about this on the pre-game show a little bit today like how pre-snap motions and post-snap movement against the team likes first and second to be really advantageous right especially when you're trying to sell it for the run and the jet sweeps and the reverses are good because you're getting a guy who's trailing in man coverage who's got to make the tackle right so all that stuff i think we kind of on some level could anticipate and it was good to see it um I, you know i'm personally like the big long looping reverse i think it just takes too long to develop especially with how fast defenses are now so i prefer the jet sweeps and things like that but again i I like the ideas i like the misdirection i like the wrinkles off of stuff and i like that he felt comfortable enough to call it i think that's another thing is sometimes you know i'm pretty sure scott's got a reverse or some type of trick play in every week just about whether or not you feel good enough to get that thing called and kudos to him on on trusting the team trusting the group and getting that stuff done. So yeah, excellent job. Terry has another really solid day, you know, making some conversions. Um, Cam Sim, that nice catch on the dig in the two minute was great. I, it was just nice to see not a lot, not a, not a lot of drop passes. I think Jahan maybe had one on a kind of a scramble drill, but he shows up with some catches too. So that's good. And t- offense moving offense. I think I, I like the word you use, like kind of com- like or comfortably moving through some of these challenging situations. Again, not great on third down this week, which is something that I think they got to kind of – but I think overall, I think overall you feel pretty good about what the offense did. I think the protection was pretty solid. Run game was solid. Um, and I think that ultimately is a – this team was talking about this. You know, people want to talk about the playoffs and, and can they compete with the big guys. If Taylor can have this type of performance against a I don't know, like I don't want to say Buffalo, but like, you know, maybe let's just say like Baltimore, that kind of caliber team, maybe not the top three teams, but like a top seven, eight team, like you can win a football game without good the defense is playing. And I think that's something that fans should be excited about. Well, you know? I mean,
1: also look at this the last couple of weeks before this game, they went toe to toe with Minnesota yeah, and beat Philadelphia. Those right. are the top two seeds in the NFC. So you talk about Baltimore, you talk about Buffalo, you talk about Kansas City. The only way they're playing those teams is if they make the Super Bowl. Right. So at that point, uh, I think questions will have been answered and you'll be feeling pretty confident uh, if that were to come to fruition. But like but, the NFC uh, yeah. is up for grabs, man.
2: But I guess my point I'm is-
1: not te- I'm not. not. By the way, I should go no, no. The NFC is up for grabs. I do not think this team will be in the mix for it ultimately. Right. However, it is up for grabs.
2: Yeah, and so again, I agree with you. They're going to be in contention for – whatever but I do think that like when if Taylor like so look at Minnesota for example if he can have a performance like this where he's a little bit more conservative with the football a little bit more fastidious with the football and they run the ball a little bit better they're more deliberate with the run game the defense kept a minute right and that's something you always one of your criticisms in the last little bit of that game fourth quarter of that game like why not run the ball a little bit more uh in in the Minnesota game and so again like they've kind of shifted gears I think they've found an identity that works for them like I said I think Brian Robinson did an excellent job today. them on a down-to-down basis. And if you can do that, I think this is going to be a very good running team, you know, kind of keeping you in those third and manageables. I'm a big fan of this game plan, but it works really well when you have a defense like this that's playing this dominant. I mean, because that's what they did. They were dominant today. And the special teams, a couple penalties here and there, but I think, and you know, a couple misfires from the punt game. But Obviously, Houston wasn't skilled enough to overcome that late in the game. So,
1: yeah. Robinson today, fifteen for fifty-seven. Uh, Gibson, eighteen for seventy-two. Uh, Heineke overall in the day, fifteen for twenty-seven, one ninety-one uh, was ahead of that pace in the first half, and then obviously they, they kind of shut it down, as we mentioned in the second half. And you also love where the targets are going. McLaren four for 55 uh, has a nice 19 yarder for his long seven targets. Logan Thomas had six uh, Gibson three for 31 out of the backfield. Curtis had a catch. Jahan had a catch. Cam had the catch you talked about. So a good job of distributing the football for Taylor Heineke. As for the defense, that first half was wild. Yeah, uh, The Texans had five net yards they have 15 penalty yards. They have more penalty yards than yards in the first half. They have minus one passing yards in the first half. The sacks uh, more than the actual yardage. Houston does come out and move the ball quite easily on the first drive of the second half before Washington finally shuts it down for the field goal. But, I mean overall outside of the one, you know, garbage time ish touchdown, which I was a little bit bummed about because that might have robbed us of Sam Howell time. Uh, Ian Rappaport in his story this morning uh, did point out that if the game got out of hand either way, we might have seen Howell today. And we oh. were right on the verge of that sure. for like the entire fourth quarter. If they had, you know, if the Commanders last drive ends in a touchdown instead of a field goal, if they get a stop there, maybe we get a couple minutes to Sam Howell. Alas, right. we wait for that. Uh, but more importantly, Logan, this defense right now I mean, one, they took advantage of a very, very uh, exposed, weak, vulnerable, whatever you want to call it, Houston offense. And two, that's what they're doing against better teams, too, which gives you, I think, a very different outlook on this team and how good they can be. Because uh, or defensively, they are very near the top of the league in everything. Like, they're just flat out great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of it has to do with the defensive line and the way they're playing. You know, they're just – for them to get – what was it, four sacks? Was that the final number, four sacks? And to get the contributions you're getting from kind of rotational people. I mean, Casey 2 has – hill has two TFLs today. John Ridgway was – I mean, he looked dominant at points in this game minus the 15-yard penalty, right? Like yeah, his ability on, to, like, man. <laughs> manhandle centers like that. I mean, that's such a nice piece to have there. FA Obata playing three technique for you. Uh, Daniel Wise showing up, like – it's a, it's a, that, that front is really coming together. And I think Jeff Scanina deserves a ton of credit. Ryan Kerrigan, the assistant coach deserves a ton of credit. So um, that, that's really like the, the bell cow of the group right now. And they are playing that way uh, pretty consistently. So that's cool. And we knew that, you know, Kenyon Green was going to have a long day. I don't think we knew it was going to be like this long. Oof. Was it two, three sacks, two, three penalties, that's a tough deal. I bet you his PFF grade is going to be like zero. So that's <laughs> that's a tough because uh, they, they really they really downgrade for penalties for offensive linemen. And if you give them a sack, like God help you. So um, I bet you he's going to a very low PFF grade. Um, but yeah, I think overall you feel pretty good about what like what that group's doing. And then you don't even really get a good evaluation of the second level outside of that awesome play by Forrest on the interception. Again, Benjamin Saint juiced. Golly, man, having him out there has just been such a nice. Everyone says, like, what's the big turnaround? Cam Crowley gets a lot of credit. Bobby McCain uh, to Nickel gets a ton of credit, and rightfully so. But Benjamin St. Juice, the ability to like match up and compete and get those balls out is, uh, has been pretty special to see. So,
1: and that's two straight weeks where, uh, Forrest has an interception on a ball that hits St. Jude's, St. Juice's hands first in some yeah. kind of way, or where St. Juice makes a play first. Uh, total numbers on the defensive side of it. They, Hold Houston to 2.7 yards per play total. That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, 127 (laughs) passing yards, 21 rushing yards. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. They forced two turnovers. Washington, who is the best team in the NFL in terms of time of possession, actually goes above their average. They were averaging about 32 and change a game. 34-56 Thirty-four fifty-six to twenty-five zero four, just thoroughly dominant. Uh, the only negative spot, I guess, is that Houston went four-four four on fourth down. I think yeah. three of those were on that final drive, though. Uh, they they were uh, only two of thirteen on third down. Uh, so Washington, obviously, fantastic there. I mean, at the end of the day, man, like I don't, uh, as we were getting ready for the podcast, I was like, I don't really know how long this podcast is going to be. I don't know how much more there is to say at the end of the day, like Rivera and company deserve a lot of credit. Um, They had this team in, in a pretty bad spot not they had this team this team wasn't a bit pretty bad spot and I do think that like the coaching staff uh didn't help in a lot of that like if you go back and listen to our podcast from week two week three like we weren't exactly psyched about some of the decisions being made but their ability to hold the team together fight through that, make the adjustments, let some of the things that needed to be worked on, get worked on. For instance, you know, something we've talked about, they fired Sam Mills in the middle of camp and Jeff Skanina, who you just mentioned, like taking over. Well, obviously the longer he's in place, if he's better, you're going to continue to see the results. And some, some things have clicked over time and, We've seen the results, you know, Rivera's ability to find a, a, an identity offensively with Scott Turner, which I think I I say Rivera fine, because clearly uh, this seems to be more his style than Scott's Uh, but to kind of come in as a head coach and be able to say like, Hey, we need to do this to get our entire team to play better so whatever combination between Turner maybe Del Rio stepping up and saying like hey guys we need a little bit more efficiency on offense my guys are dog tired can we can we do something however that decision was made whoever deserves the credit deserves credit for that and you know the result is you have more consistency than you've had in the previous three years of Rivera being here. The question is, can they hold on Um, every single season? They've gone on a run in the middle of the year in 2020. They went on a four game winning streak. 21. They went on a four game winning streak in 21. They followed it with another four game losing streak. Mm -hmm. Now they've won five of six and they have the toughest stretch of their season coming up Atlanta who won today and is right there. One game behind them in the playoff race. They're playing really well too. I I
2: started I had to do my, on them early so like they're playing they're they're limited but they're a good limited they're very they're very similar to washington you i know was what gonna mean? say so, that
1: sounds sounds familiar
2: yeah
1: um you know two games against new york Who's playing uh did not play well today at all yeah. uh but has obviously gotten out to a really good start uh you got the cowboys still on the schedule week 18 san francisco and oh by the way the browns uh will have deshaun watson at quarterback which we have no idea what that's going to look like he right. hasn't played in a long time uh, and who knows if karma's anything, then he'll be terrible, but you know, who knows what that looks like for Cleveland in a couple of weeks. So it, it is a situation where they've got a tough stretch coming up here, but all games, they should be able to compete in all games. They should be able to win or definitely they can win. And it's just a matter of finishing now where they've had these runs in the middle of the season. And, you know, as the, the graphic says, this is the latest in the season. Rivera has ever been over 500 as a Washington coach. So can they continue this starting next week with Atlanta? That's the question yeah. we now we now turn to.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. And I think, again, it shows you kind of, again, this is a game we expected them to do well, and there were some concerns about being a trap game. And I think they stepped up and handled this very well, very professionally. So kudos to Ron and the staff and the leadership of the team, you know, John and uh, yeah. Terry, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it also shows you kind of how close and how tight the margins are when you're playing a style like this, right? You get one big play to brand ends up leading to a score. Right. And so against a better team, like let's just take Atlanta, for example, which is like Houston, you know, like 2.0, basically. Right. It's you've got uh, Cordell Patterson, you've got Pitts, London, you've um, the kid from BYU, the running back. Right. You've got all these playmakers and the the issues that were here in Houston are no longer here, right? So the big plays are going to be more reticent, right? So can the offense kind of keep pace with a group like that? Um, And that becomes a bigger question, right? Especially when they're less efficient on third down like they were today. So again, they deserve a ton of credit for this win because this is a tough place to go win. This is a tough situation psychologically for the team, but they're going to have a really good test next week about where they're at and if they can beat good football teams because that Atlanta team is very physical on both. I think they're a little undermanned defensively, but that offensive line is going to really test you and it's going to Put, they're going to test that excellent run defense as early and as often as they can because they're different than Philadelphia, they are a run first, run second, run third. We don't want to pass ever kind of team. So that'll be a really curious matchup. And again, I think it's it's cool. It's cool to be having this conversation, right? It's 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 a nice change, but it's also important to remember that Houston's the worst team in the NFL at the moment. Yeah, and so we should we got to give it that context as much as we want to give them their flowers. And I think we have given them their flowers. It's important to remember that this, like you said, this is a tough, tough couple, uh, tough little bit of schedule here. Right. And they got to make sure that they handle it appropriately. And you mentioned the giants. I think the giants are a team that might flip the other way. You know, they were really good in the beginning of the season and they were so close in terms of win edge and ability and all these fourth quarter comebacks. I think that variance swings the other way, the second half, and they might be a team who wins up, you know, 7 and 9, 7 and 10. And which is a crazy thought to think about, but that's how you said something to me on the pregame show that it really stuck out to me about we know who everyone is. And I'm always like, no man, cuz what if someone loses the yeah. last six games, right? And so right. I think that's where we're at with some of these teams and where does Washington want to go, right? I think offensive identity, right? And I think you feel good about it because it's 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 supplemented by the defense. But can they maintain this level of of consistency, right over the next what, what, what week are we in? 11? So, yeah. Next,
1: they, well, they just finished weeks. 11. So you next got six, six weeks. weeks left. Yeah. And, so, or seven weeks that they've got their buy. I mean, but the thing right. is they control their own destiny, right? Yeah. Here are the teams that are ahead of them uh, directly in the standings. San Francisco, you play them Dallas, yeah. you play them New York, you play them twice. Like, that's who, you're, that's who you're competing with. Uh, you might yeah. be also competing with Seattle, um, obviously, who could drop down uh, in where San Francisco is right now for the last wild card spot. One of those teams is going to win in the West, the other one you're competing with. But like you've got a chance. I mean, even with New York, right? Because you have two games yeah. against them. You're one game back right now. You win both of those games, you're one game up on them. And yeah. by that point, you're deep into December. So it's going to be really interesting to uh, – Continue to watch, uh, and this Atlanta game is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to breaking it down on the podcast this week. Anything else, Logan, before we uh, we head out of here? I don't think there's that much to say about this game. They did their job, else. man.
2: Yeah, they did a good job. Kendall Fuller. We didn't talk about him. Yeah, pick six. Fantastic. He's been very quiet all year. Deserves a ton of credit. I know that happened early. You kind of forget about it. Yeah. Both. Great job by him. Defensive line. Mentioned him. Backs. It's, it's, just, it's nice. It was good, consistent football, and obviously there's some things they can improve on. The third down thing is something that uh, you got to keep an eye on if you're a fan because that, that yeah. is a really big indie, like causation they run the football more but I think they deserve a ton of credit and this is going to be a great test against Atlanta this week.
1: Definitely. And by the way, you know, you look around the NFL today and you see like Baltimore struggle for a while they yeah. don't win by 10 with over Carolina. You see the Giants uh fall when you don't expect. Like you see some of these teams not handle business. You see the Eagles struggle with the Colts, right? Yeah. Like those types of games happen way more often than one like Washington had, where a team who's just better comes out and handles their business. And Houston's been in a bunch of close games this year, lost basically all of them, but Washington didn't make it close. And, you know, Kendall's pick six, I think, is a huge role in that because it just made it, you know, you talk about coasting, felt like yeah. you're coasting the whole time because you almost right. got a free seven points to start.
2: You bring up a really good point there. So have done this for 10 years in the NFL. Like this is the time of year where it gets a little bit weird from like a psychology standpoint because you've you're past the halfway point you're at, and then you realize holy cow we've got six more games seven more games now with how the season eight, eight more weeks and so it takes a good staff takes a good leadership process to keep guys focused it's a long time to stay focused and so that I think is another really telling thing now is when guys start. this is the time of year where teams start to falter a little bit can Ron like you said refocus these guys keep them dialed in for a very very touch teams. i think that's going to be really really i'm excited to watch it you know it's just every it's so funny the more we cover this team the more we talk about it the more like small storylines like that become more compelling i think and so there's a lot of cool stuff here and it's it's always easy to talk about a team after they win obviously
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. All right. Uh, For more from Logan as he starts his breakdowns on Command Center and all of the Commander's Media this week, if you want to get a nice little collection of him, follow him on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson82. I'll be tweeting out everything I'm doing. At Craig Hoffman, as long as Elon Musk doesn't burn that website to the ground. So probably till like Tuesday. Uh, other than <laughs> that, you can follow along on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch us, youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman. Some of you are doing that right now. If you are and you haven't subscribed, there's a little button. It says subscribe. You hit it and it'll say subscribe, duh. Do that, uh, and of course, if you are listening, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you are listening to the podcast, make sure that you are subscribed or following there as well. Yes, Logan Paulson, one more message for the people on the way
2: yeah, out. Yeah, if we have any questions or anything you guys want answers, might be a good week to get some of those done. It's always good to get questions from you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just uh, hit us up Twitter, Instagram, uh, leave some YouTube comments. Uh, yeah. you, guys, you know, say hey, like hey,
2: this is a mailbag question. We might
1: get to them. Uh, yeah. I, I do read them. Uh, I don't always respond. Some of you guys are. Uh, some of you guys are out there. Some of you guys leave me like show long takes and I'm like, I I can't, (laughs) I can't respond to all of this, but maybe we will. So you never know. You should, you should leave it anyway. All right. Uh, that's it. That's all. We'll see you next time on take.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?